Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Mika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. Hello and welcome to the It's Karmic podcast with me, your host, Vika Bradford. And today I have one of my favorite humans who I just love to chat with, one of my favorite Geminis, Lisa of Mystical Mama Co. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. I'm not <laughs> British. I just talk in accents. I'm, I'm a Gemini Mercury. Okay. You embrace it through this entire thing. There's going to be hear... so many personalities and I voices coming out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I literally almost picked up a book. Um, I almost picked up Sybil the other day. And then I almost picked up a book about a lady who has 92 personalities called <laughs> when a rabbit howls. So let's just bring it in. Um, oh my gosh. You bring all those personalities. 92. In. 92. Like, like she has DID. I, like I don't know. I, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. 92, and man, she 92. must have gone through some shit to have yeah. the 92 of them. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you bring those personalities in today. <laughs> I don't have DID folks. <laughs> I'm just quirky. <laughs> She's just a Gemini, <laughs> it's a Gemini. Oh, with a ton of Aquarius too. So with a ton of Uranian Aquarian yeah. types yeah. of things happening. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so excited to talk to you because I already know this conversation is going to blow everyone's mind because our conversations blow my mind. I'm like in them and I'm like, Oh my God. Uh, So before we start blowing minds, tell us about yourself, what you're doing, what your magic is in this world. And like, just give us all the goods. I'm currently, (laughs) I am currently an astrologer. I'm also a conscious parenting advocate and a light code keeper. So I do light language thingamajiggies. If you've ever heard of light language, that's what I mean by that. But I'm also like a self-care lover and self-love nurturer. Um, And also the creatrix of Mystical Mama Co., which is this a space I'm creating for spiritual seeking mamas and mamas to be, I'm going to be a mama in spring 2022. So this, so I'm, I've always been oriented towards children. I've nannied for full-time for the past, like six years, five years or five to six years. And then prior to that, I've had like 20 plus years experience with a vast range of kids in some way or another. So that's why I've also felt the pull now that I'm like in that stage of motherhood to actually work with the whole perinatal child rearing space, but also like those of us that are in that phase are wanting to, are working and preparing for that phase in a couple of years, but then we want also spiritual care, self-care, and just someone that can be your woo-woo mama friend. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm bringing about through my blog and podcast and, um, my also my mystical mama community. So you get all my resources that I've ever created basically inside this like portal on mighty networks from like yoga practices to light language songs and, uh, courses on Astro 101 and things of that nature. And it's cosmic self-care library. There's it's like, it's jam packed. I keep adding to it <laughs> EFT tappings. Um, so I'm just trying to put all my Gemini stuff <laughs> and knowledge of random 
modalities and put it into one space. And that's what I'm doing currently. Who knows? It'll probably shift after baby comes. I'll be like, Oh, now I must be some sort of doula. I don't know. (laughs) You make a great doula. Just putting that out there. I want to be shocked. I've been, I feel a pull towards it, but I don't know if I want to necessarily be like, I'm going to be there with you in the birthing room. It's more Mm -hmm. like, let me be the help you be, that might be more down the line where I'm going towards. And I'm just seeing the timeline early, Mm -hmm. um, of how do I do the energetics, uh, to help us get through that whole perinatal perinatal phase of like clearing the womb to prepare for pregnancy. Um, releasing those spheres and those cords of generational cords or even birth traumas we've had currently um to working on using eft and light language to help release our pelvic floor tension stuff like that so that there could be an easier birth or like making light songs for when you're in labor Mm. but i that's gonna be i feel like that's it's gonna be like in a year or so once i've gone through this yeah i see it I'm like, but I just have to go through the whole mat, my, like basically a mattresses mm-hmm. coaching or something like that. I feel like that's where this is going to grow into, but I'm having to go through the process currently. Yeah. In you're in gestation. That, yeah, I'm in gestation, literally. <laughs> literally, and <laughs> literally. Spiritually and physically. Spiritually, physically. Uh, but sometimes I, my, I don't know. It's like some, maybe it's the Uranus in me, the Uranus moon combo. It's like, I can jump and see the timelines and I wanted mm. them to happen now, but I have to go through the embodied process and it's hard to wait. <laughs> oh, I feel that so much with the stuff from our guys. I got an amazing reading from Elisa and the, the stuff I could see from our reading about um, sexual liberation and that being a part of my process and these other little pieces right now where I see it and I'm like, I just want to be there. Or like yeah. abundance codes is coming in with like the Venus signatures. And I'm just like, I mm-hmm. want to hop into that space, but I know I have to do the work. And I it's know. fascinating because you can see it, you see the picture and you're like, mm, I know where I'm going, but I can't get there yet. Yeah. It's frustrating as hell sometimes. Like I want to just do it. Why can't I make it happen now? Oh (laughs) my gosh. It's, it's even like the world right now. Like we can see where we're going to like, we could see the picture of the, the, the peace we're, we're moving toward the hope, the glory, the beauty, but then we're like, um, I just want to be there. Yeah. Can we skip <laughs> wanna, yeah. Can we skip the, the, the gnarly parts? And the chaos? Can we skip this shit? Oh, we can't Pluto. So yeah. thanks Pluto. <laughs> thanks, Pluto. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So tell, like, tell me, I guess you kind of told me how, how you got there, but not necessarily. You want more details. <laughs> yeah. More, more juicy goods of what, what got you to where you are like, yeah, right now. I mean, there's so many different avenues I could pulse and like threads I could go down. Uh, my fun little fact, my background's in opera singing. So like, that's where I was in trajectory or my early twenties was like, I'm going to be an operatic soprano. I'm going to be the next Renee Fleming. Uh, if you know who that is cool. If you don't, <laughs> I know <laughs> not many, people, not, not, not a lot of people, millennials are opera background. <laughs> so I have a weird background with just being in the classical music realm. So I'm odd. Um, and, but from that basis, that's how, that was my entrance point into embodiment work, I would say, and somatics, just from having to be so in your body and seeing the link between your, 
how you are mentally is linking with what your vocal production, your physical body is doing. That intrigued me to learn more and lean into yoga. And I got, became a yoga teacher. I went down the wellness path and yoga back in 2012, like when the Pisces moved into, now that I know astrology, <laughs> Pisces moved into, uh, Pisces, uh, Neptune moved into Pisces at that point in 2012. And so that makes sense. Like the whole woo woo world started to open up to me, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely went down the wellness track, but then I was still also in the track of like, I'm going to be a singer and work with arts companies. So I moved to Seattle in 2013 to uh, get my MFA in arts leadership. And like, I'm going to make my somehow create a non a wellness nonprofit specific for performers. But then halfway through, I'm like, uh, I don't want to do this anymore, but I'm going to finish this because somehow I'm going to incorporate what I learn. Probably I'm halfway done anyway. And it was only a two-year program, but I was falling more and more in love with like yoga teaching and training and guiding people through facilitating uh, workshops and stuff like that. Uh, but also at that, and then during that year's period, last year's period, I went through an eating disorder and exercise addiction. And I don't know how I got through my thesis, but I did because my brain was totally wrapped up in counting macros and stuff like that. Mm. I'm, I'm very shocked. I'm like, how did I have any bandwidth to do that? Wow. But I got through it. And, uh, but that going through the eating disorder, um, that was my big dark night of the soul. I'd say at this point in time to really, I'm glad I was able to stop myself. Cause I was at a point where if I didn't, I know I'd probably end up in the needing to be hospitalized, but I was at a point where people were still just like, you look so healthy. Mm. You're at the quote unquote, right place. Or even like, even better than right. You're the, you the best spot in health wise. I'm like, but I knew mentally I was in a, I never had depression before until then. Um, it was fucking up my relationship with my boyfriend, now husband. Uh, I, I had the nastiest farts, like, <laughs> cause I ate so much damn cauliflower. <laughs> oh no. Like it was, but I couldn't, he'd freak out if I go to a restaurant because I didn't have, I remember that Thanksgiving I was we went out to like a farm to table restaurant and I was freaking out about crudités being too many carbs. Mm. I'm like, it's just freaking carrots and celery and shit. Like why am I, I'm like legit freaking out and in my head. And it was so effective affecting all parts of my life. But I was at a point where like, I'm not, no one would treat me, but luckily podcasts honestly helped save me because they finally, I found one that a Madeline Moon, you're kind oh. of her, back when she was doing body image work. Wow. She had a, a podcast episode on her Mind Body Musings podcast about what I was going through. I'm like, I that's the space I'm in. And she, so she was talking about how to and brought on guests on how to work through that healing process. So um to help myself heal and help other people heal through eating disordered eating and body image issues. I became right after I graduate, got my master's, I started my eating psychology coaching and did that for a little bit. And that opened up me even more into the woo of learning about the, the polarities of the masculine and the feminine in the world. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> interesting. And, and also working with archetypes and goddess archetypes. And, but that also 
when I was getting into being anti-diet culture, I learned about the politics of the feminine body and of food and of body image and beauty. And I could see this intersection of spirituality, politics and society with and how they merge. And I was like, holy shit. So I'm just like opening up into this, both these realms. And, um, and then down the line, I start, I healed enough that I was like, I don't want to talk about it all the time. Cause you just, you're in that loop process of having to always talk about body image and fixing and like not have, but not being in that world, but you're stuck in it. And when I got married, I started getting more into the woo and diving deeper into like Oracle cards, Reiki, and got Reiki certified, did other types of yoga trainings. And then one of them was, I decided to do uh, an astrology reading. And I thought it was so fascinating because I love that she incorporated as archetypes and it made sense. So I started researching like a mofo and it made sense to me really fast like surprisingly fast, more than like terror or cards. I'm like, that one takes me a while. Like, eh? but astrology, like, oh, this makes sense. I, I can syn- synchronize. I could pick up the patterns really easily and translate what was happening fast. So I was like, oh, I could do body image work with astrology. Cause I could see the patterns of where, how people's relationship with body or food, where it's coming from or how it would manifest uh, and then we went through another dark night of the soul with a lot of family deaths in 2018. And then I was like, that's when I started to like pull away from, I had to just take a pause. I was like, but also I'm going through my Saturn return, right. When like exact Saturn return, right. When that was happening, I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> so business went on pause. I was just nannying and just getting through life, reading a lot of erotica to disassociate. <laughs> Oh, perfect. <laughs> I learned a whole lot about that world and genre expanded my mind. Um, and then in 2020, I joined up a mastermind to just kind of go like, okay, where am I taking my business? I know I really wanted to have an, my own online business, but where am I going with it now that I've gone through all these different tr- life transitions? And that's when light language opened up too during the pandemic because I've been and using sound healings, I've been feeling that pull and nudge during my exploration of the woo, but I had not felt safe to try it out. I'm like, is this legit? I don't even know what I'm like. So I go, I had like a, a crop of people that felt that were like, yeah, try it out on me, do something. And then it activated the fuck out of people or having like one person had, whenever she listens to my stuff, she sees a lot of shit like aliens and past lives. And I'm like, dang girl, you're having some trips. And this is all in like a five to 10 minute song. (laughs) I'm channeled song. Like you're going through things. All right. That's cool that you're so activated. Um, and so that's what inspired me to, and also gave me the space to explore that side of my gifts as being a light code keeper. And it's been, just morphing more and more into like, now I'm at this phase that's like I said, being a mystical mama. And that's also also what I've done throughout the years is like talk a lot about self-care and self-nurturance. That's the big thematic point that's been weaved through all those different plot lines of my life is like, how do you nurture yourself and take care of yourself? And I do it in a practical way. 
Um, and that's what I love about using astrology with self-care. Like I can customize it. I can see what the patterns are, how we can use it physically and psychologically. How can we weave it for you to take care of your individual needs, um, from the multidimensional level. And then I've also been incorporating how you use it in childcare to nurture their needs as well as your own as like the caregiver. And that's where I'm at today. <laughs> I, uh, I know and, I'm pregnant. <laughs> exactly. It's, I remember our conversation about like the twins. We both were mm-hmm. seeing twins and then we both were having During a Gemini solar eclipse or yeah, lunar eclipse, some sort of something. Eclipse. It was an eclipse. And we both were like, what the hell, what are we gestating? And then you were like, birthing mystical momico and your literal literal baby literal at the baby. same time yeah <laughs> that was wild yeah oh my gosh and I remember I found you essentially through Daphna writing yeah. the cosmic self-care and I was like yeah because I had just come from my yoga world I was just doing my apprenticeship with her my mind was exploding same thing for me where it was like astrology is just a second like like second language just remembering when I read it I'm like yep it's integrated it's almost like just turning on the codes that my brain already knows so when you said that I'm like yep um and I know it's not like that for everyone uh for some people tarot is really easy exactly right like we we all have our languages to do our work here but I I remember reading your cosmic self-care when I would be when I was working for Daphna putting the stuff in the files and I was like damn this shit's good like like all the yoga, the breath work, the the body work, things you would put in there, I'd be like, God damn, like I'm madly in love with this shit. And then I could I remember like I when I connected the dots because I started, I think you became a suggested friend or you started <laughs> following me. I'm like, oh, this is cool. She does astrology and yoga too. Like we're so in the same level. And then I realized you were editing what I was writing. I'm like, wait, you're the same person. <laughs> Yeah. I remember you being like, I just connected. The I just dots. connected that you're the same. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like fangirling, like obsessed. I'm like, but I'm like, oh, we're, we're so on the same page, like about how we can blend modalities. Because mm-hmm. I was feeling that way. I was doing a lot more yoga, uh, even just yin yoga practices for the signs, totally. uh, depending on the transits. And I think, yeah, we were both on that similar wavelength mm-hmm. at, in mm-hmm. that period. What, 2019? Yeah. 2019, 20, yeah, 2019. Uh, yeah, it was, I think summer, I think I started working with Daphne April, March, 2019, something like that. And then the like slow ride, I don't know, something around there. Around the there. <laughs> around there. Time means nothing It's just anymore. funny that we were like both really yoga. Yeah. And, and then, how we've transitioned. Yeah. 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 The yoga still love, the yoga still my daily practice, but, uh, and I still like, encourage the movement um a conscious movement if we're working with our energies but yeah they're, they're we've both progressed into very beautiful places and we've both like gone into the direction of boudoir mm-hmm. I don't know the taboo um i started in seattle 2018 three of us we were like let's because that's when i was doing my body positive stuff body posi yogi that's what i was at the time and so we're like, let's, let's do some like events here, boudoir events where we, cause of the, 
one of my yoga friends is a photographer and my other yoga teacher friend, she's an event planner. And then I would do the more the, I'm like the witchy lady. <laughs> like we'll move through your body. And then if you want to talk about your astrology or pull up an Oracle card, there I am. <laughs> and so we would do some boudoir events the past for a couple of years prior to the pandemic. And, uh, but then now we're, we're both like, and now I don't know if you did it back in 2018 or 2019. Didn't. No, it was like, I wanted to, yeah. but, um, and my husband wanted to become a, a boudoir, boudoir photographer. Boudoir. Um, he had bought the camera, but it like, it just didn't, you know, it's the start of things where you're like, I don't know how I'm doing. It was like a shittier camera. Uh, so it was like the, that was the gestation period of like, it, it wanted to come and be birth, but then it's just fun that we're like on those frequencies. Like, oh yeah. Like all like we, we are each our own TV sets or radio sets. And we're like, certain ones of us are tuning into the same channel. Totally. Um, yeah. It's really funny when you find these people, like I thought of that too, but I never did anything with it or, right. but the, someone else manifested or physically, like somehow made it tangible that an idea, or we're all in the same fit phase or similar phases of yeah, and we're picking up on like the same frequencies or the same mm-hmm. nudges, timelines. Yeah. I don't know. We could think of it in so many Whatever different ways. Whatever word you want to put there, <laughs> that. <laughs> that thing right there. Okay. So we're going into the good stuff here because we have this amazing transit right now. The transit's going to happen before this launches. This is going to come out a week after the, this transit. We're still going to feel it, guys. It's it's still going to feel it. It's not the fastest moving transit in the world. And this like, it's a ripple effect. So it's okay that we're talking about it a week earlier than you guys are going to hear it. Um, but right now we're under the Venus, Mars, Pluto, Vesta conjunction, which is going to peak on the new moon Pisces. And we're, like I said, that we're still going to feel this for like at least another month, I would say. Uh, I don't know how fast Vesta moves. Is she a quick moving Asteroid? Not super quick. I didn't think not, so. Not super quick, but she's not super slow. Like she's, okay. she's, she's medium. Kind of <laughs> like, kind of like Mars. Like he's, I think so. I have to go back to my workshop to, in my notes to remember how fast she moves. It's the astronomy stuff. I always forget, but like, Me I too. always remember the archetypal. Either way that we'll still be feeling it for at least the next month. I yeah, would say she's not gonna, she's not like the moon. No, <laughs> no, no, right. nobody like the moon. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. So the conversation we're going to like dive into here is around using pleasure and sexual energy to shake up toxic belief systems, the fucking system, fuck the system. Like let's shake it up through pleasure and sexual energy. Cause we have Mars, Venus, Pluto, and Vesta all hanging out, having a freaking party in Capricorn. So, okay. I'm going to like hand it to you to start because you had some really potent thoughts in our chat today. Um, and let's see, let's see where <laughs> you're like, goes. what do you think of this trio? I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, well, is this for like a natal chart or a transit? Like what's the context? So I like, saw it. And I literally guys, I just literally went into her DMS and I was like, was like Venus, what? Mars, Pluto, that's a conjunction thoughts. What it thoughts. What, what go? <laughs> I'm oh, like, no. okay. Okay. Gemini go, go. That's literally um, what it was. Well, also if there's th- that grouping is making an aspect, I think it's either a sextile or semi-sextile. Um, there's a relationship y'all, whatever that is to the new moon in that will be happening 
on Wednesday. Yeah, I think it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, yeah. In Pisces. And that is a com a, a combo of the sun, moon, and also Jupiter. It was Jupiter, Jupiter too. Yeah. He, I think that's like two degrees away when it's they're exact. Like okay. I think it's 14 degrees and they're 12 degrees. So that's why I thought there I'm like, okay, there's something here with belief systems because not only because of Jupiter and specifically, mm-hmm. but also especially like spiritual belief systems are being activated since Pisces is all about that woo. And also Uranus is making an aspect to it all too. That's where the shakeup was um, happening. Yes. I'm like, I was like, yeah, we have the square to Uranus though, with, with that little, with the new moon, right? Cluster. Moon. Yeah. Or is it to the, the uh, I just pulled Capricorn. up the chart here. So it's to the Pluto, Mars, Venus. Okay. That yeah, junction like, is a Uranus like, square. Yeah. I'm like, there's a, there's something here. Like Uranus was activating some mofos. Oh we're, yeah. We're shaking things up, but also because it's Uranus is still in Taurus there it's through the routes of embodiment through Venusian roots, yeah. uh, especially because in that Capricorn grouping, we have Venus too. Mm-hmm. So through embodiment work, but that's where I was like, there's a shakeup of beliefs. And then over here with the grouping, we got Mars, which could be erotic energy, sexual energy, uh, aggression, um, our young side of self. We have Venus, our divine feminine. Uh, I mean, you could be relationships, but also, um, like you were talking about abundance codes and pleasure as well and romance or how we romance ourselves. But I think pleasure, that's where we got, like, there's something here with pleasure and also because Mars represents in theory, the young or masculine, we're dealing with polarity work of the yin and the yang here and Pluto's like, and let's transform, let's deal with power (laughs) dynamics. Let's get empowered. Or maybe we become enslaved to power. Like there's something here about our empowerment Mm -hmm. with the polarity work that's being shook up on all that under the sign of Capricorn which is like systems, like where you can see a lot of systems are being shake shook up and it's really chaotic. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's scary. I, yeah. It's fe- there's a lot of fear around it. Um, but I can see how we can bring it to a personal level with doing our own inner polarity work. Like where are the power struggles within ourselves between the masculine and feminine? How are we seeing that in our political climates around the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Vesta, she is an asteroid and she is basically an, a priestess, high priestess archetype. I would say that'd be like a big image for that asteroid. And it represents what we're focused on, what our devotion is to, and also where we're transmuting our, our Kundalini uh, sexual uh, energy into what we want, transmuting it into our devotion whether it's spiritual devotion or into our work, like Capricorn would in theory or to our legacy. Um, But using the Kundalini energy that you could pour into the erotic self or into something different. Uh, It's that transmutation energy of the sacral space pretty much. So when we were, when I was just like Gemini-ing on our Instagram DMs, (laughs) I'm like, there's something here with like sacred, shaking up of belief systems within our power dynamics of polarity or polarity di- di- power dynamics 
I, I forgot what I, I worded it better at one, one of the texts, but it was like, there's something here with power dynamics, power and polarity, sacredness. So, you know, like, and using leaning into pleasure practices and embodiment practices yeah. for that shake up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm feeling so many things personally through this, this transit right now, um, connected to like all these things. One is like very, very sexually activated, uh, very much pleasure priestess activations, but mm-hmm. there's still, there's shadows erupting too, right? Yeah, in my, my liberation has erupted some shadows into my own relationship, which are healing really beautifully, but they, in a Pluto focus had to be brought to the surface. Right. And then the liberation of Uranus being like, I want to be free. Taurus is like slowly. And like, there's all these interesting conversations as I'm noticing the the Venus Mars transit that is connected to abundance and priorities and action and even sexual energy of like, are we using our sexual energy intentionally? Are we using our pleasure intentionally? Um, and that brings me back to like the thoughts of yeah. the, the best, best is the vestal versions, right? The yeah. you're telling me about with the sacred fire, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that all kind of connects into the sacred fire we have and how are we intentionally using or even like directing our energy yeah, the sacred fire is also like another variation of kundalini imagery, right? Of, of, of that that same primal life force energy, hmm. uh, and the vessel. Yeah, and there's also even just diving into the dynamic, the art, the stories and myths, and or like actual history of the vessel virgins, and like I could see a lot of like where the shadows is coming up with the vesta combo in there, the what is it where this the the deep sexual suppression and oppression of feminine energy right and we have uh, lilith aspecting this this whole thing yeah, too we yeah, do because in prior to roman era uh to the roman era and when they became vestal virgins the, that role they were basically high uh, sacred prostitutes like they would be priestesses that you would um, could come forward to them for sexual healing and have sex and of many and learn different sacred the sacred arts of sex, but also they would tend and be to, to the to water, which is like a, a necessary thing in your community and tribe, but also to fire, which is another element that is necessary for survival for a, a tribe of civilization. Uh, and then when when it became then it became all like so patriarchal and toxic and oppressive by the time of the Romans, the Roman era and the Roman empire. And that's when they were not there. That sexual energy was put out. They had to be, um, by, they would be recruited, I think around the age of eight or 13, that, that time frame, And they were supposed to be in priestesshood as, uh, and chase no sexual and no use of sexual sexuality at all no touching no relationships for 30 years and then but you got more civil rights you had hmm. uh, and you could vote you had power within the politics in exchange for sacrificing your erotic self wow 
And, uh, but then they would like, but then they'd like, could, if you were caught, um, not being chased or they just decided to accuse you because something happened. And even if you were chased or whatever and followed the rules, you would be buried alive because they couldn't outright kill you. So they'd put you in a cave and bury and you'd suffocate to death and starve to death. So (laughs) it's like, there's a lot of like wounded priestess energy and also suppression of where of, of our, that that's the shadow aspect of Vesta, like that sexual erotic suppression and oppression. Like, do we internalize it? Is it still coming out from, where is it coming out from actual political or psychic powers that be? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're, yeah, you caught that Lilith is activated here too. It's like, that's also par- part of the shadow storyline here. Right. Like where, where are we still being oppressed? Maybe actually in politics or is it inward? Um, I can see that in the States right now, like there's a lot of litigation happening, like in Texas, where they want to infringe on trans kids' rights, you know, and their sexual orientation or sexual identity. And it's like, so I can see how it's activated in the politics of the systems. And it's like, even from not just like, I'm identify as male or female. Like I did see it for the, those that are somewhere in the middle and that, and then Uranus, that Uranus aspect too, because Uranus is like, I'm not going to follow any rules or any, po- like, I'm not, I'm going to be non-binary AF uh, because that's not the norm. And I can see how that would shape into like politics too, or like the conversations on sexual energy and sexuality in general, like mm. where and how that's playing to pow- power dynamics too. I don't know. Those are a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Yeah. Reflect. And, yeah. <laughs> with, with Pluto in here too, we just see so much of the power struggles, power, mm-hmm. uh, the, the low aspects and the high aspects, right? Like him trying to unearth and expose and reveal and help us transform. But then he also has his need for power too, his need for gripping as well, or the Uranus in Taurus kind of like wanting to stay the same, like Taurus is being like, I don't know if I want to move. And Uranus is like, oh, we're moving. So there is this like resistance. Yeah. Resistance. So much resistance, but we are seeing the, and I'm feeling so deeply before I even looked at the chart for this moon, I was like divine feminine healing. That is where we we're at. And then seeing all these aspects, knowing this now, um, cause I remember you telling me about Vesta and the Vestal Virgins, um, but even knowing like the deeper stuff, right. Of being buried alive and Lilith's story of, um, just her demonizing and yeah. of all these other energies and Pisces is our sacral chakra, right? Like Pisces, yeah is the cosmic moon space and Jupiter, sacral and Jupiter too. So, sacral it's like extra sacral. so there's just so much divine feminine, no matter what you identify with, we all have divine feminine with, yes. within us. So there is that healing needed, whether you are an ultra feminine person or you're just realizing or connecting into the fact that you have feminine energy within you, there is a healing needed. Yeah. And if you get stuck in the gendered languaging, I always, for myself, when I was like learning about the polarity work, I was like, I just call it yin and yang because Mm -hmm. then it doesn't feel so charged of like, Mm. or feel like if I am yin or IE feminine, I don't, it doesn't have to look a certain way or what I've been brought up to think of what feminine is. And, uh, it's, 
I mean, this could also bring up for some aspects like body image in our relationship to what is feminine or some parts of the wounded feminine, like the maidenhood and like being the wounded maiden kind of archetype, Mm -hmm. Uh, or are we rejecting our inner feminine, our inner yin? And like, we cling so hard to being young or masculine in this world, because especially if you are in a femme body and you work in like more young corporate lifestyle, like you, a lot of the time have to disassociate from your yin part of self. And that puts out that, um, quite literally like drains your adrenals. Like you get so burnt out trying to live in this young system Mm -hmm. and like getting out of sync with your own like hormonal cycle to, um, having to think even little things of that detail, like how it affects the body just by rejecting the, the energetics of being of the divine feminine or yin. Yeah. And this literally the podcast I released last week, we talked a lot about Mm -hmm. um, how women essentially don't have had to step into a masculine role because they're not necessarily safe because men, yeah, yeah, because because of whether it was the patriarchal values of the world or the fact that a lot of men have stepped into a beta state. um, A lot of women have had to step up. Right. And in that we don't have the safety to be in our yin and so then the the bodily effects of not being safe in our yin is yeah adrenal fatigue and our body is literally just not working hormones pelvic floor not working. tightening pelvic floor. Yeah. oh my god we will, um, that's a whole yeah. <laughs> mind-blowing conversation oh my god do we go there do we go into the venus pleasure practices because i mean I think and we, we incorporate them i think <laughs> yeah. they're tie-in because i depending on like what you are what is happening for the person, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm grounding down a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think if you listen to last week's episodes and I know you have another episode coming out with him, like that's yeah. totally like this vibe. I was like, just like that podcast. There you go. That's this grouping to me. Um, I literally, I couldn't have yeah. made that. that we, and we booked that like months ago and uh, what, what, I, I literally was like, uh, this it's is cosmically aligned. <laughs> always, always. So when we were in the conversation under this transit, like this, there's more to happen. So we had the second one. It was just like this, there's more still, there's more still. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Um, this could be a great time if you're feeling really called to like understand more polarity work, following people on Instagram that talk about it, but there are some toxic narcissistic people totally. and there's some other ones that are a lot more helpful. Um, the, like I mentioned earlier, Maddie Moon, um, Madeline Moon, I think now, I think that's her Instagram handle now. Uh, she's now a polarity expert, but she brings comedy into it, like and, and using drama therapy, which is interesting. Um, like I see your Leo side, I see how you're <laughs> using it. I love it. Um, so that could be a resource. Um, what's another, is there another coach or it's the only one I can think of or, everyone else I follow is very like sexual focus like there's one uh, um my, my orgasmic Tantra, life is her yeah. she's very yeah that um but yeah maddie moon is like enough for me that i'm just like oh polarity and then balter of course but he 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 doesn't fully focus on that so yeah that's more like Ma- madeline moon is like almost 100%. that's the one that comes to mind right now that yeah because like, she she brings it makes it real and like mm-hmm. funny too which is 
and yeah. to talk about just relationship dynamics and sexuality and even how that applies to money sometimes. Totally. It's uh, all interconnected. It's Cause it's all the sacral space. It's all uh, that. So Venetian and all these, even Jupiter, Jupiter, Venus, all these things. Right. Yeah. Cause isn't Jupiter basically like the, the, it's like the higher harmonic of Venus. I think I would connect them like that. I don't know if that's like, you might be right. I think I heard that one. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Jupiter and Venus. Uh, I could and totally then, and see then it's that. Mercury and Uranus are like Mercury and Uranus. Yeah. Mars and Pluto. And like, who are we missing here? You can just see them on the piano, like, <laughs> like they're doing chords with each other. <laughs> they're each like a perfect fifth or an octave away from each other. Pluto's like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Let's, um, do you want to chat about Venus pleasure practices? Cause when you brought that up, yeah, I, like, okay, I just wrote yes. up, I re-edited my blog, um, so good. Uh, on it. So if you want actual examples, I wrote mm-hmm. these actually a couple of years ago when I was more in the boudoir space and I just, okay. really, I judged them up a little bit, but they, one article like gives you actual, like, here are some ideas for pleasure practices. Like so basically how to use Venus as a self-care planet. Yes. What, what do you use it to look, the frame of mind to look at it? And to me, Venus for self-care is like, what's my, what will make me feel good, feel mm. soft and soothed and ha- enjoy pleasure again. Right. Whereas the moon might be more like our emotional well-being and what really nurtures that part of ourselves. That's like safety, this one, right? Safety and mm-hmm. how do I how do I mother myself? And then this yes. one's more like what will make me feel good. Mm, and I and- love this because I I remember reading it when you dropped it, like whenever that was. Um, and then not even connecting to progressed Venus at that point too. So I'm thinking oh, yeah. and now like working yeah. with both of them because I'm so Libra focused right now. Yeah. I You're like relearning Venus for yourself. I am relearning it. And you know, and, and having a natal Virgo Venus and it's like detriment. Um, it, it is interesting leaning into the Libra side of me. I'm like, oh, this feels so much better, even though I'm not going to forget my Virgo. I'm going to, I'm going to do her work. I'm going to give her what she needs, but then I get to lead into Libra. So I'm excited for this, to, this conversation. So people use both highly. Suggest. Yeah. Use them all. Like there's so many ways to activate. That's what like that's why I talk about multidimensional self-care. Like yeah. how do you nurture yourself on all these different levels? Cause sometimes we need to pull out, out the Venusian side and bring in the pleasure, especially if you've been more in the toxic, uh, young or masculine lifestyle, like we don't, or you have a wounding around, like, I can't take care of myself. I have to take care of everybody else. Um, or that I have to earn pleasure hmm. in a way, like I have to work for it. It has to be hard, like depending on whatever our stories and narratives are on it, whether they were modeled or conditioned upon us or from less just current experience. um, A lot of us have like a convoluted relationship with pleasure. And then I also have an article more on like, if you want to apply it to boudoir, uh, like what kind of like set feel or setup you'd want to put for yourself if you ever want to do like oh, a boudoir I love that. For your, yeah it's a how to unleash your sensuality with astrology that's the blog oh my gosh I'm gonna have more. to do this for every sign I'm gonna have to do a shoot for every sign <laughs> yeah it's like especially the Gemini side would be like let's just dress up as all the characters love it. <laughs> it's one of my other things that must be my Mars and Gemini wanting to role play all the time just let's role play let's have fun um but yeah. It's like, you can just, what makes you feel good. And 
what will be more at the heart of making you feel good is looking at the aspects first, right? primarily. So that's like what will give you the juiciest, meatiest substance for like what will actually fuel you on a pleasure space. Um, but then looking at the, then the house I'd say, and then the sign, but I find it just for entrance level, it's easier with signs. That's what I have totally. on blog posts so that if you know where to find Venus, you can at least see the, what sign they're under. And I have like a couple, just like three examples each for each sign, but it's just a reminder too that, um, I'm actually coming out. I it came out today for my podcast is like the first of chakras and body image series that I so excited I, to listen. I did a few years ago, but I'm bringing it back out and re-recording them because I could not find the old recordings, <laughs> but, uh, it's good. Cause I updated a few things now that I know <laughs> some better astrology. Um, but it's just like the idea that we have to lean into, like, there's a physical, a physiological benefit and need for pleasure. Like it's not mm-hmm. just a psychological, like, Oh, that's nice for self-care. Like, no, like your body is nurtured and nourished from a cellular level, when you can invite pleasure in, it reduces stress, which lowers cortisol and supports your adrenals, um, to making your body go into more parasympathetic states so it can digest and heal and rest properly. It's grounding for your body. And so I forget where is your Venus is, I know is next to Mercury. My Venus is, uh, yeah, a one degree conjunct separate Mercury in Virgo in the 11th house. Okay. I would say that for you, it's more important to incorporate stuff with the mercury combo because that's the most potent mm. thing. I mean, you could even like, if you look at under the blog article, you'd benefit more from like looking at Venus in Gemini perhaps because of that mercury blended in. And then the Virgo brings and in more mercury. In, adds in more ver- mercury and, um, there you go. And then you can even look in Aquarius for like the 11th house kind of a feel, but especially with Venus and Mercury together, it'd be like getting pleasure from engaging your mind, using your words, vocalizing somehow, um, even just like being more, I can see it just being more Gemini, like, and I need to do puzzles or like crosswords or engaging my brain, reading books, listening to podcasts, bring out more pleasure than just like, just to a bubble bath. Like if you Mm. did a bubble bath, like you'd listen to a podcast or like music um, for sure. At least, at least something to engage your brain. Yeah. So you're not just like, it's dead silence. It can't be silent. Like this is, uh, I love, I, that's what for me too. I like, I like to listen to podcasts and I like to keep learning. Um, and that would be important, like in a relationships too, like use being mentally engaged. There is a word that I don't I really don't know, like where you get romance or erotically, about. uh, stimulated by the mind of somebody. My, one of my partners said this to me when we first started dating, he was like, you're a, um, it's not like a, a cinephile that's a movie person but he said that word and I was I had to google it and I was like yes I am so this is so interesting too as I have that Mars in Gemini too how they're so linked and I mm, say to my, yeah. my husband all the time like um I need you to turn my brain on I yeah. need you to turn my brain on so we started reading erotica together and um like these things because yeah. I I need mental stimulation that or too. I cannot Perfect. get excited 
That's a perfect way. Like if you want to bring it more to the sexual level is like erotic erotica because it's engaging your mind you're getting to a story there's uh and you can communicate but someone's communicating a, a an experience whether it's made up or not um yeah and it's and it's making you more aroused mentally mm-hmm. um that's like where we need to start first to like versus some people like let me just like rub you out like mm-hmm. you're good to go you're like no gotta get gotta start here the brain the foreplay yeah. starts in the brain right we got uh, mercury mercury and then 11th house we got uranus it's like mental 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 yeah um and i could see like from more of a self-care place to like 11th house maybe sometimes engaging more like groups or finding your nerd <laughs> I just, herd i just laughed at uh, just the idea of like groups and then <laughs> about being polyamorous and I had a, a good laugh there and then you're like and group sex <laughs> or, or group you, you, could take, you could take it to that level too why not that's self-pleasure so but yes be, being with people is um in the Venetian side is a very uh, pleasurable experience yeah or me. even like a group like teaching or being in a group like yoga class or whatever mm-hmm. or like in a discussion forum or book club like yeah. discussing about all things Pluto and sex <laughs> like, oh, like where we can engage our mind but within a group <laughs> setting um in theory that that would be more of a line self Venusian self-care for you. Yeah. Um, what is your Venus? Is, is yours in general? Mine is in cancer. No, mine's in cancer, like 10 degrees away from Chiron in the seventh house. And then, but she, like we, in our session together, she has an aspect, I think it's a trying to Pluto. Um, let me pull up. There was a, so I've been usually stuck more into like at first, the sign, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, in theory, cancer, um, Venus and cancer would love to cook in theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not. I not failed so hard yesterday. <laughs> I try to make, uh, I'm trying to like get really more nutrient dense stuff in with this pregnancy. So I've been trying to make my first attempt at jello with gelatin, like amazing gelatin. I've been wanting <laughs> to make that. I, I did not do very well. It was oh, really no. messy. <laughs> I got a few out of them though, but Good. majority, it was like poured all over the place on this pan. I'm like, this looks terrible. <laughs> and I couldn't get the gelatin to blend. Right. And I'm like, I did the directions. And then I tried something, tried to make my own oat milk and then it became slimy. And I'm like, I'm failing at all these things. That's your Chiron, I swear. Oh, like the wounded homemaker. Like I want to be, there's a part of me that really loves that idea of like this, like, uh, basically like being this like cottage, witch like Mm -hmm. feel, but I'm not always successful at it. (laughs) I get it. Or it's not always pleasurable. I'm like, this so many dishes, this takes so many dishes, but I do actually enjoy cooking more and being more of like the, if I'm hostessing. Mm. Okay. Uh, then I can like more of a, like a small dinner party. Cause then I could do like aesthetics and part of it as well. And, um, then I actually do cook better, but not necessarily just for cooking for myself, but some people cancer or Torian heavy signatures, they usually somehow like either love to eat the food or make the food or using it as a tactile thing, or as a way to emotionally connect and bring people together. So in theory, that would be, um, self-care for me in theory but also <laughs> in theory um cancer could also be like because of the water sign the connection to the moon like loving to connect with moon cycles or doing mm. ritual baths Ooh, um, yeah 
what else did I, I'm like looking at my blog post. I'm like, what else did I write on that thing? Um, oh, being nostalgic. That is something that truly does nurture me and makes me feel good. It's like watching this or watching nostalgic movies. Mm. Um, even like ones that have that vibe, like midnight in Paris. Oh my God. Just like my going back movies. in time and you're like, oh yeah, spring, give me all the old music. Yes. My old soul is just lit up. Maybe basically like a grandma inside or even like <laughs> childhood movies that just make me feel nostalgic that yeah. that will bring me a lot of pleasure. Um, also I wrote down when, because the physicality of cancer rules, not only your stomach, but also your breast tissue. So doing Mm. breast and belly massage can be a practice in theory. I've been doing that now because I'm pregnant and I've never been as much connected to my breasts and stomach area uh, (laughs) than I have now. So I'm like lathering it up in oil pretty much every night. Plus it helps with stretch marks, but I digress, but that can be like a, or making like moon milk where you're like, uh, whether it has coffee in it or not, but like a, getting that warm latte and then yeah. curling up by a book and just getting hygge as fuck, mm, um, curling up that. on the couch with your comfy clothes. That's to, to me, that's what I do. That makes me like feel literally good in my body. It's like, I just get all cozy and curled up and watch. Like sometimes I'll pull out, go and rewatch British Bake Off. And that like, that makes me feel cozy and good with like a cup of tea. That's so cancer. Very cancer. <laughs> cancer yeah. Be- so Venus cancer. Stuff. If you bring it to the sexual erotic side, it's more like I need to feel emotionally safe. Mm. Um, yes. Maybe dealing with that narrative between like kind of the mother horror complex of like, how do I still be sexual while being this maternal, having this maternal heavy energy? Right. Uh, because it's been so divorced in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um we talked about that on our, one of our, one of, one of each of our, I don't know which session it was ours, but yeah, I don't know. Offline, <laughs> we did talk about that separation and how they are, you have to have sex in order to be a mom. So it's like, there is a link. <laughs> yeah. We just forgot about it. Uh, let's see. And then I, we brought up my, she has a, my Venus has a connection to, and a trying to Pluto. And I have a, a sextile to Pluto, I believe. So I could see for myself, like how, why, like at certain points in time, I'm like drawn towards erotica, like, and especially like dark erotica, mm-hmm. like really heavy ones, intense ones, <laughs> uh, like, like, like very, very traumatic storylines for these characters. I'm like, yes, geez, she went through some shit yeah. and damn, that's hot. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Um, I can see that connection for like, if you bring it to the sexual level. Um, you might have better insights too with that Pluto connection. I remember you said some good stuff. I just, I'm kind of blanking out for me. Yeah, Pluto. I have, um, I do have a sextile from Pluto to my little uh, Venus Mercury conjunction. And you know, when we have, I mean, there's the shadow aspects, of course, which is like power struggles in relationships. And, but we also get turned on by power struggles in relationships, right? Like that actually activates something in us. Right. Okay. I'm thinking of the show. Have you watched the show? I think it's called shadow and bone on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the really bad guy, uh, he's like the prince or whatever. I don't yeah. know. I was way into him. Like his, <laughs> his obsession with her. Like I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> have this desire for men who, cho- who are powerful and don't love anyone, but they pick somebody and they become obsessed with that person. That's like a, a turn that on for me. Totally. The storylines I usually gear towards with like the, man, books. like, That's you know, funny. no one, no one, he won't love anyone, but he chooses you. That's and then, but he's also not. He's not great. Yeah, <laughs> he's, there's like he's, that there's, is totally all the erotic books I've like storylines. It's usually like some like alpha. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pop, very big Persephone, right? Persephone dynamic. Um, yeah. the uh, the conversations around surrender and being led. Yeah, but where it can be twisted, but also where it also is like, oh, what's Ooh, the medicine in that? Right as well. Um. And, but then like confronting that with our current culture of of feminism and not being overpowered, but we are empowered Mm, with that polarity play. And to me, that's very, that is, that is also very much that whole Vesta, Mars, Venus, Pluto gang. And I'm just remembering, I'm looking at my chart right now. uh, Vesta is conjunct my Mars. So in, in, in Gemini, so like, there is something here, right? Like this, like when we have these aspects playing in this Pluto Persephone, um, liberated woman needs to be liberated woman, very Lilith archetype. Um, and they're opposed, they both oppose my Lilith as well. So Mm. there, there is a signature here, right? Um, so when we have Pluto with Venus, there is power, the craving for power, the need to have our own power, the pushing away of people trying to overpower us. Um, and karmically, I always see something has happened in the past with like power struggles and partnership. Okay. Okay. Side note, a couple <laughs> nights ago, I had a really intense dream where I started crying when I woke up, like, and it was about having, um, I'm like, I don't know if this is triggered from old books I've read or what, but I had two men I was in love with at the same time. One was like an older alpha kind of figure. And then one was like my age, but more loosey goosey, but they wanted me to choose. And then I, in the dream, I chose no one. I just Mm. chose myself and went off. So everyone felt abandoned and it was so heartbreaking. I was like, where's this coming from? And like to cry. So to actually have like tears coming out viscerally, like afterwards and then oh it was the there was something it was some it was on two 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 all the two two night the the two days that it was on that day and i woke up super early and i was like wow that was that makes me think it's past life stuff yeah that's what i'm why i find those like storylines really interesting to read yeah with like basically reverse harems they're real, they're real dirty y'all. <laughs> but if you like that, it's I, fascinating. <laughs> I do. I, I like it a lot. <laughs> I think too, it's probably that Venus Pluto dynamic too. Like we have the power and everyone's coming to right. me. Oh, and it's such a magnetic um, placement, right? Like people yeah. who have these signatures, especially Venus Pluto um, aspects are very magnetic, right? The, the opposite sex or the sex who is attracted to that person is magnetized to that person. Um, so it, it's a, like a blessing and a curse, right? Or you're just like, I am so powerful, but then it can go into, I am a man eater or I am a female eater because there is like a conquering that happens when Pluto's in aspect, he wants to conquer. 
Yeah. And it depends on like your background too. Cause I come from a mm-hmm. really conservative Christian background. And like, uh, when I started to like, take, like just tease out like this, that energetics of it in college, not necessarily like acting out or anything. I was very, I was a good girl in, in the sense of like, no, not doing anything until long time into my twenties. Uh, but people could assume, especially when I was on stage and I played like the femme fatale roles or, um, the way I could dress myself. A lot of people assumed I was more sexual than I was actually acting out. Mm. And, uh, and it was fun, like to kind of like play up things like in college, like my scene recital was all about the Madonna whore complex. Little did I know I was actually engaging in archetypal stuff right. seven and back then, but I called it the faces of Eve. And like, so it was all like maidenhood sort of oriented song literature in the beginning. And then at the end, I even did like a whole set on like singing from Eve's perspective to the snake and hmm. singing the word penis. And that was like, Oh, and like a, this liberal arts Christian college, like, Oh, and I like across my chest in one scene and like that's so sexual and like getting some professors in a tizzy probably because they were a little too aroused or something I don't know repressed maybe yeah yeah like yeah from my side of it's like I can feel that the the religious repression on that part of self Mm -hmm. um and that with Pluto is and for whoever's signature, like exploring eroticism, it would be a part of a pleasure practice, or at least the narrative you have around eroticism, yeah. whether you engage it mentally or doing physical stuff like, oh, here we can segue into like using um, yoni eggs or oh, crystal dildo yes. or, or yes. just even yoni steaming, engaging the pelvic floor and our reproductive area, the sacral area. Yep. Finding little rituals in that way can be it's probably also why I've like leaned into learning all these little things, even though I haven't done a whole lot with them, but I've learned about them a lot. Yeah, I know. And I love that you have all that information in your head as I'm diving into it. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling this with my tool and what the hell are these nails scratching inside of my body? <laughs> right. The damn overly tight pelvic floor. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's five, five, five here. Let's, um, let's, uh, let's wrap today. These numbers all day, (laughs) all day. Oh my God. They stalk me. I swear. Um, let's, let's come to a close for today, but I know we're going to have to talk. We're going to have to do another one because there's so much more to talk about. We just love it. Um, okay. So tell, tell everybody. Oh my goodness. I'm just like, there's so much to talk about that. I'm like, I want to continue, but tell everyone (laughs) where, where we can find you, where they can how they can work with you right now. Like what, what do you have to offer? Tell them all the good things. You can follow me on Instagram at mystical mama co. And I'm, I also have a community. So if you're wanting to have a, a, a contained space for these kinds of conversations that dig deep that have, um, intimacy as well, plus access to all these resources from, like I mentioned earlier to talk about, like I have a Yoni de-armoring practices and light songs um, and EFT tappings for that, for like, if if you felt called towards like any of this eroticism work, but also breath work practices and yoga, audio yoga practices even. 
um, join that mystical mama community, become a member for like 11 bucks a month. So you get, and you get exclusive podcast episodes too. Uh, this January I started the mystical mama podcast. So, um, half of them that are released are for everybody in public, but then the other half are only for the community members. So you get access to listen, like the whole episode on Yoni de-armoring and to having a tight pelvic floor and getting to access all the, I might have the chakra and body image series that's coming up. You get to listen to all of them and get anything else outside of that. So that's going to be the primary, primary way for, to work with me um, and be in my inner circle because I'm going to be on maternity leave. So I don't know when I'll do one-on-ones after having the baby. Cause I'm like, I don't know where my, how my <laughs> brain's going to be at all. Um, but if you want to just get more of a t- in, in my circle, also the podcast can be a great place to just spiel out what, like, what does this gal know? Mm-hmm. What is she talking about? What's her vibe? So that can be a nice <laughs> way to, uh, go, and connect, or you can visit my website and I can link with you the blog posts. I have some blogs ready for you there. Um, and I, I, I'm thinking I'm putting up on there to have self-care practice for every sign, like little eBooks Mm. that you could purchase for each of your signs that you want, like your sun, moon, rising Venus, even series. And then you can purchase them, whichever ones you want, um, for like, I'm, I have to I have to set that up though. So give me a few weeks. Coming. It's, it's coming. coming. <laughs> and uh, on the, my website, mysticalmamaco.com. I love That's it. That's where I'm at now. Uh, and I, I'll link all the things for you guys so you can find her. I'll, I'll make sure that you guys have easy access. Also, to there's the an episode with Vika on there on karma yes. astrology. Yeah. So listen to that episode. That well, we public. talk about good stuff about the nodal transit and so much more. So yeah, go, go listen to that immediately right now. <laughs> if you I did not get enough today, me. go over there. Um, okay. Alisa, uh, thank you so much for sharing your energy and your knowledge and just like, just be just existing. Thanks for existing. Appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I will link everything for you guys to connect with Elisa and thank you guys so much for listening. Such a timely and perfect conversation as we approach the Jupiter Neptune conjunction in Pisces coming up early April. This time is such an important time to work with abundance, to work with luck, to work with all the opportunities that we have opening for us at this moment in the cosmic rhythm, the cosmic ride. So I want to invite you to join me for the Jupiter Neptune conjunction workshop and masterclass going on on March 26th. This is going to be a potent portal to tapping into what abundance means for you, getting clarity around the word abundance and what you're calling in and how you can find greater clarity, greater love, greater passion, tapping into your own personal cosmic rhythms. So if you're ready to work with this magic, join me You'll find the link in the show notes and in my bio and on my website.